0: Welcome to the Peer Victory Podcast, full of hot tips to help you win at sex, conquer porn, and find purpose in staying free forever. Here are your hosts, Matt Klein and Braden Hapner.
1: Hello everybody, welcome back to Peer Victory Podcast. We're here with another great episode, excited to be with you once again. And uh, today we have a great guest on. We've been chatting with Into the Light Ministries here for a a bit to get uh, Jake Volk on. And we're super excited to have you, Jake. Um, So Jake is the co-producer and co-director of a documentary called Into the Light. And we're going to touch base on that and what that is. And, you know, we're, we're just so happy to spotlight things like this because not a lot of people put their hand up to enter into this space. And, it's needed. People battling porn addiction, struggling in these areas. I mean, this is what our podcast is about. Not a lot of people will enter into this area, uh, you know, based on so many different reasons. So thank you, Jake, for being part of what we're doing here, but also what you are doing
0: in your ministry. Gentlemen, I'm so stoked to chat with you guys. It's gonna be fun.
1: Yeah, we are too. And he's a fellow Canadian. I mean, he's living down in the States right now, kind of. But we're we're always happy to have a fellow Canadian on again. Well, you got to bring the light into the darkness,
2: right? (laughs) Canadian Canadian to the US.
1: And we just lost our American
2: viewership. There we go. There we go. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> our, our biggest yeah. our biggest country for viewership. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, sorry guys, we no, love I, we love our American friends. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got, I'm taking a trip down to the states soon, so yeah. uh, it's great. Hey, Jake, what was the heart behind Into the Light, the documentary? Why did you want to do it? And uh, yeah, just tell people about that. Yeah,
0: totally. So I mean, the, the this story really involves me and then my co producer John Michael Bout. So I've known him for a million years. Like we our families go way back, and You're so. Old. Yeah. I've known him for a hot minute. And so we, uh, we, you know, we're, we're up in Canada. We grew up in like these incredible churches, incredible, you know, reformed um, communities. Just, they love Jesus, you know, bit, a bit conservative, but like, God bless them. I'm just, I'm I'm so grateful for, for that. And so for me, so Jamichael and I, we had two very different kind of trajectories um, when it comes to like pornography. I had a mom talked to me a ton about this issue when I was, when I was even like nine years old, just told me, Hey, like these, this is something you'll find on the internet. Like it's, this is not what Christians do. Um, And so if you come, you know, come and talk to me. And so by the grace of God, I had the opportunity almost none of my peers have that I never got hooked on hardcore pornography. And so I'm so grateful for that. That's, it's so rare. John Michael had parents who were in almost the exact same, but as happens with so many people, he got hooked on porn for, I mean, his entire, like basically his entire teenage uh, life. So by the grace of God, you know, he had some really good friends in his life um, and he, you know, he found freedom through the Holy Spirit. He took a 12 you know, step program, really grappled with that. And then the two of us, so like, I never had, you know, that struggle uh, with pornography, but I was hooked on masturbation for my entire teenage life. And so, you know, every once in a while I'd, I'd feel guilty, flip through my Bible, didn't see the word in there. And just not care. And so I needed, you know, the work of the Holy Spirit. I need good doctrine. I need like good categories. I need to read Matthew 5 properly. And if, you know, God convicted me of, of just that lust, that habitual pattern of lust and, um, and, you know, got free from that as well. And so then that, that it's kind of when John Michael and I started, you know, doing a lot with accountability groups, um, like working with guys in our community, helping put on conferences, stuff like that. Um, and then working in film. And that's a whole, whole other story. I come here to Southern, uh, the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary where I'm a student. And I got the opportunity to get coffee with another Canadian, uh, Tim Challies. And so I asked him about his book, Sexual Detox. And I'm like, Tim, like, you know, tell, tell me about writing that book. And Tim has a really great sense of humor. He's like, eh, the book's fine. He's like, there's, there's better books out there. But he said, he's like, you know, it's interesting to me. We have this video problem of pornography. And in answer, we typically write books. Like there could be space for a video-oriented answer to this problem. And I was like, dude, that is, that is fascinating. So I you know, got on the phone with John Michael and I was like, hey, we have these stories. You, know, you have your story with pornography, and masturbation, talking with you know, guys about this. We worked in film for so many years. What would it look like to reach out to all of these authors who have meant so much to us over the years, and put together, you know, script out, write out, put together a, a documentary, a teaching documentary on freedom from pornography? So that kicked off. This was in in late 2021. That kicked off a year and a half of filming, of writing, of scripting, of all all the things involved. Which you guys are more than happy to ask any questions about the process. But long and short of it is is um, you know, we reached out to, to incredible authors and speakers, including like Keith Lambert and Garrett Kell and Jeremy Pierre. And we released our documentary, Into the Light, earlier this year. And so it's a, it's a teaching documentary on freedom from pornography. Walks through the process of change, right? Bondage and sexual sin, all the way to freedom in Christ. And we made it as a resource for strugglers, like as a resource for the local church. And so that's, um yeah, God's been good. And it's it's being used. Like hundreds of churches across North America and the world, which is really fun. We get messages from people in Germany and Australia and parts of Dubai. It's like, it's been really cool. So um, that's where we're at. And we've done, you know, a couple other things here and there with Into the Light. Um, We just released a a bonus chapter with David Platt, actually, on uh, how pornography affects missions. One of the biggest reasons people don't get sent overseas is because of pornography addiction, and so that's the kind of an area that we got connected with David and and filmed some stuff with him on. Um, but, anyways, that's that's more or less where I'm where I'm sitting these days. Very very grateful for yeah for the goodness of God.
1: Well, and we're grateful for what you guys have done and, and how God's worked in and through you this because I mean I watched the documentary and it's it's awesome. It's really really well done um, and such an important resource. And I'm just so curious when you set out on this project to do this how do you kind of determine what you're including in this because there's a lot of things you can do um, a lot of things you can talk about what's the pathway and if this is for strugglers Mm. you kind of want to lead them on a journey of knowing okay what's my steps in this so how
0: did you do that because that's that's challenging man, that that was one of the hardest things, right? Because if you've watched the documentary, you know like we don't really touch on the abuse side of side of um, sexual sin, which is a huge component. We don't really talk about marriage um, and relationships as much. There's so many things with just the nature of um, a project like this. There's so many things we had to leave on the cutting floor. We decided really early on a couple things. We wanted to talk to the struggler. So right to you. You're wrestling with pornography you, you're a Christian you know it's wrong but you're still caught in it what are those steps to change and then and then we want to say if it's for the struggler we want it to be for the struggler for men and women which is part of the reason why we you know included ellen dickas and jenny solomon two incredible authors and biblical counselors to talk about um about this issue and some testimonies in the end and the story that weaves it all together um is of a man and a woman who who both struggled with it so that was kind of our, our philosophy is is a lot could be said and a lot more should be said. But if you're just in the pews, this is something you struggle with. Um, and hopefully as a resource for people in the pews. So uh, another one of our thoughts were, I mean, again, from Tim is not many people are readers. Like the reality is you can hand someone a copy of Finally Free by Heath Lambert. And it's incredible. It covers more than our documentary does. But it's tough for people to work their way through a 190 pager. And so... You can watch a documentary though, and you can even make a youth group watch a documentary, which you can't make someone read a book. So, I mean, you, maybe you can, but it's a lot harder. So, I don't know. Hopefully, that answered your question. That was kind of our
2: our thought process with it. Well,
1: oh, that's great. Yeah,
2: cool. Yeah, I, I love it. What's been the response? Has it been better than you expected? Has it been? Has have yeah. you felt some resistance? What's it been? Um, resistance only spiritual. Um, spiritual warfare just.
0: You know, again, it's hard, like what what's just a bad night's sleep? What's the attack of the devil? What's both? Yeah. But like yeah. that's that's been much more difficult. The thing is with this topic, very few people and some uh, some, but very few people are willing to be like, "Huh, why are you talking about pornography? Like it's like it's bad. It's in the church. like we it's it's this is easy. This is in-house. Pornography is wrong. We all know it. Whether you want to actually do something about it is different. But lip service is very easy to pay on this issue. So we've gotten an incredible feedback. I, one of the things that's been so cool for me is like hearing the stories. So one, one particular story, a guy from my seminary, he, he had to leave seminary for personal reasons. But what he did is he hosted a showing at his church. And it's the smallest showing, you know, a dozen or so guys came out. And then he goes into the small groups afterwards, break up into small groups and, to talk. And one young guy just broke down crying and said, hey, I'm hooked on porn. I, I need help. And so that young guy left with another older guy um, to, like, to kind of continue accountability, to kind of help. And come to find out later, that young man came to the showing fully intending not to tell anyone. And the Holy Spirit like worked conviction in in his life, and we've gotten stories like that over and over again of people, you know, who were exactly who we were making this for, for the person who like they know it's wrong, just don't want to talk to people about it, and who start getting those like steps to to freedom. So, I mean, I could I could go on for about an hour telling some of the stories we've got back, but that's kind of been the type of conversation we've had. Oh, powerful! So
1: powerful. Um, mm-hmm. And that's, uh, you know, one of the things that you were talking about, and I'd love to ask a further question on this, is your inclusion more of having men and women in this. And uh, often, I mean, when we think of resources about porn, I've heard this, and O'Kleiner, you've heard this a lot too, uh, um, what's a men's issue? This is something for men, mm-hmm. this is groups for men, book about four men, go down the list, right? So just... Explain to me why it was so important to include men and women. I mean, we know in our mind why this is, but not everybody knows your
0: process in this yeah. too. So just tell us what's going on there. Yeah, totally. And, and one of the things that I've, I've learned is to have a bit of sympathy for that. Because like, you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, when some of these books were written, and no one knew what they were working with. It was just like, it was even more taboo than it is now. So they wrote for what they knew, right? Just write a book for guys. We felt that where we're at now in the conversation with the church, Um, you do, the way I've thought about it, you do a disservice to women. It's not just passive. So when you're on the pulpit and you say, the men who watch those things online, we know what's going on. What you're saying to women is, you probably don't struggle with it. Mm -hmm. And if you do, either, both, both, you're kind of a freak, like you struggle with a man's problem. And honestly, you're not worth being included in the conversation. And that's horrifying. That's so dangerous to tell women because it's like, what are they left with? And so like, if you're going to present the gospel, like the gospel that saves men from pornography and every other sin is the exact same gospel that saves women from pornography and every other sin. And so it's like, there's just nothing to be gained from just, you know, like, if we're going to have a, uh, a sociologist conversation or a psychologist or biblical counseling or all that about the differences between men and women and how they struggle with sin and, and like romance novels versus pornography, visual, like you can have that conversation. It's, it's beneficial, but on the whole men and women struggle with, with sexual sin. And honestly, the, the steps to freedom are the exact same, no matter what. So we were just really convicted. And that, that conviction was just when we got the chance to talk to some, uh, cause we got a lot of advice on this documentary talking to, you know women who are biblical counselors who are speakers authors they were just resounding on this point they're just like mm. don't even waver women struggle with pornography too you don't even need to nuance it and so we're like cool
2: then let's do the best we can on that count yeah yeah 100% you've talked a, a couple times about the steps to freedom what are the steps to freedom that are highlighted And yeah, Yeah. so I'd say um, the steps to freedom might be
0: like for an individual might be slightly different than the process we took in the documentary. And I can talk about both. What we did with the documentary was there's kind of a conceptual steps that needs to take place. So in chapter one, we have Jeremy Pierre and he talks about like the problem, like sin. So like know your enemy, know what you're dealing with. So like, let's talk about sin, talk about like, uh, you know, uh, the work of the devil, like the distortion. And then Jenny Solomon talks about, okay, what did God design marriage for, sexuality for? Let's talk about the good. You need to know the good in order to really have that foundation to, to go the rest of the, the route. Then uh, Heath Lambert talks about your heart, like your, your temptations, your heart posture. Like, why do you crave this? Like, and, and that's a really helpful thing because it's hard to know, like, what does your heart want? So he helps unpack that a little bit. That's like a counseling chapter. And then part chapter four is, all right, now boots on the ground, like cutting off access, like what are strategies you can take? Once you understand how your heart operates, what are some practical ways you can then follow through with that? Um, Then Ellen's chapters is a special chapter because it, it kind of goes a little farther out and says, hey, if you're on this journey, you might be a few months in and you might have fallen again. How do you keep that momentum up? fighting pornography you guys know this it's it can be a long journey so how do you continue that momentum what promises from the gospel from like the bible can you preach to yourself to to keep that momentum up as you as you like battle this and then Garrett Kell closes the whole thing off with like this vision of like a church like together fighting pornography fighting for freedom and ultimately like looking towards a day when we don't struggle with this anymore so like that's the whole It's kind of like more the life of someone like what what, like because people I think will find themselves in different parts of that journey. They might be really struggling, but like to have Garrett say, hey, you can have a day where you don't watch pornography anymore. And that's been a reality for you for years and years and years. Like that's so cool. That's such an incredible thing to tell someone. Um, If someone the first step for someone, if they're struggling and I'm, I'm sure you guys have gone through this kind of thing before, but. And I'm curious if you guys would agree with this. I think the first step is first, confess that to God. Close second is find the godliest person that you know of and just go talk to them about it. Open up for the first time and they're going to help you chart a course for going forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think often
1: the approach that we take is we got to clean things up. You know, get it all tidy in our inner life, and then we can go talk to somebody. Yeah. And people mm-hmm. try that approach, and it doesn't work because we need community, and <laughs> and that's uh, yeah, that's a yeah. very risky uh, proposition when we we enter into that kind of thing. And I think that's where people just mm-hmm. grind it out, they're spinning their wheels, and they're not mm-hmm. getting anywhere. So yeah, Man, we, we do really... this,
0: we do this with Jesus too. Mm-hmm. We're like, we we forget the basic theology. We're like, hey, you know, I'm, I'll come to God in prayer after I kind of get like five or six days clean, and then Lord, but it's like man, what did Jesus save you from? Like he knew you're, he knows you're a sinner better than you do. Like come right now. And, yeah. and, you know, and Jesus is, God is open for that. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. So no, I'm so glad to chat about that point. And I'm, I'm so curious with the documentary. Um, how did you guys envision it being used? Cause I know you, you have it for the struggler. Uh, and how, how did you envision it? How is it being used? How can someone use mm. it, uh,
0: whether it's in a group or in their own personal lives? Yes, that's a good question. So, yeah, we pitched it for the struggler, but the reality is, is, it's mostly being used, I guess, primarily by people like pastors, uh, youth, youth pastors, um, small groups, things like that. Kind of, they're the ones who like uh, facilitate it, I suppose. And so, one of the things we did for the documentary is, so you can watch it like an hour and twenty three minute documentary, or we split it up into six because I kind of walked through those six chapters. We made that a six part series. Um, so you can watch them one by one and to kind of take it slower so if you're in a small group setting that's kind of a way you could you could approach it um and then we uh, created a leader's guide that goes with it so every every chapter has a leader's guide and discussion questions to kind of really flesh out um that that particular chapter and so the way we've seen it a lot is we can see some of the statistics and and people who use different different things a lot of small groups So, you know, someone will just be at a church and they'll say, hey, guys, let's let's work through this over the next six weeks. And then they'll, you know, download our leader's guide and kind of use it like that. I think like uh, if you're if you're a youth pastor and you want to put on a documentary showing, I think it can be a really great way to open up the conversation right? It just gives people categories, gives people, honestly, a young person, just an excuse to talk about it with their friends or an excuse to talk to you like the pastor or an older person about it. So we really tried to make it something that is helpful for introing the conversation. Mm,
2: I love it. I love it. Yeah. It's, it's such an easy way for people to intro the conversation. uh, Pastors, if they're nervous or if they don't feel Mm. equipped to do it, here's a, here's a documentary we can watch. I think it's, I think it's awesome. What did you personally learn? Yeah. What did you personally learn for yourself and your own journey or your own healing journey? Maybe yeah, as you're you're listening to people you interviewed? Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's a, that's a,
0: that's a really good question. I, so one of the, one of our commitments was really, um, maybe commitments kind of personal commitments was to just read everything we could possibly get our hands on, um, during the process. So thankfully, and you would hope this, there was nothing that particularly blew our minds when we were interviewing them. Um, and if there had been, it means we probably weren't the right people to, to put this together. Um, but I think, I think it was the women. Like the thing with um, like just talking to women biblical counselors and getting their perspective on it was really helpful for me. Because I think it just taught me more about like how sneaky the devil can be sometimes. And like just siloing an entire area of a conversation to one gender. Like, oh, that's insidious because you feel like you're doing the right thing. And it just started kind of made me open my eyes and be like, what other areas am I just not careful? I just have these assumptions about about sin that I, or even for myself, that I'm just like, oh, I'm, I'm safely in the Christian bubble. I'm psh, That's not going to be a problem. And then you go, ooh, yeah, it is. You know what I mean? I don't know if that quite answers your question, but those were some of the things that were going through my mind. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'm so curious because uh, you have a different perspective on, this area in the sense that you've built a resource, um, mm-hmm. that is, is being utilized. And I mean, we've come a long way from where, you know, we have been, um, as a filmmaker, documentarian, where do you see kind of resources like this going? And how do you see this, um, kind of combating what we're seeing in our cultural world right now? Mm-hmm. Cause it's changed so much even in the past few years, uh, as a filmmaker, how do you see utilizing a medium like this, um, And uh, where do you see it kind of going for the church uh, as far as building things that are actually working and helping people?
0: Yeah, like I, I love that question so much. So I'm of like, I'm kind of split on a few different things here. So, you know, film is my medium. I'm a filmmaker. I love film as a way to tell a story. I'm also a complete book nerd. So I think it's something to lament that we read less as a culture, and we should encourage people to read more. So, you know, if you like Garrett Kell in our documentary, he wrote a book. You should read it. Pure in Heart is fantastic. So, i i don't I don't think the church. I think the church should continue. Doing what it does, like this, just because I'm a filmmaker doesn't mean like so. Show more movies in your church, I suppose. Like I don't, I don't think that's the healthy way to think about it. But if a church goes, hey, we have other options. We have a, a bookstore, or we recommend books. And for those who, who struggle to read, or, or, or don't want to read, or prefer a documentary, like that's perfectly valid as well. Or don't have the time to read a whole book. We also have this as a resource. And so we want to just keep, uh, as a ministry, we want to keep producing video resources as an option to sit alongside, you know, the incredible books that are being written, the incredible teaching that pastors are doing, and, and things like that. And then when it comes to, so one of the things that we have found really surprisingly helpful is social media, we're all on it anyways. And so for, I mean, you probably should delete it. Um, and that's another conversation about like where where, where depending on where you're I mean, for real, if you're struggling, if, if social media is a consistent temptation for you, chop it yeah, off now. Sure. Absolutely Done. Yeah. It's not, it's not even particularly a complex discussion. Nuke it. Instagram is not worth your soul. And so mm-hmm. so, but for people who have for whatever reason decide to stay on, on Instagram and, and navigate that territory, if you go to our page, it's like a really encouraging place. We just chop up all these speakers into little like bite sized chunks. And like you scroll through a page, you can hear Ellen talking about pursuit of holiness and Deepak talking about accountability measures. And so it's kind of cool to me that like we've at least in our little corner as best as we can sanctified Instagram. And so I mean, that's kind of exciting. And so I think that's something that's like as a medium, if you can go to get encouragement from TikTok and, and Instagram, you can and that's good. And so maybe that's I don't know if that's quite where you were asking. But I, I just think video is the medium that God's given me. And so I'm just going to do the best with it that I can. Words and writing
2: is, is someone else's medium, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's awesome. Hey, I'd love for you to give vision and maybe you'll, you'll draw some from the last chapter. But what do you think or what, what was in the documentary? But what where could we get to as a church? Where can we mm. get to even, even maybe as a culture, but specifically mm. as a church in this battle against sexual sin?
0: That's a that's a great question. I have not gotten someone ask me that before. Sexual sin has always been a thing, right? It's always been a problem. Like Paul talks about it constantly throughout his letters. But the devil has never had the tools he's had until now, right? It's even fifty years ago. Playboy, bad, lust, sinful, but it's Playboy, like it was a magazine. It's it's about the worst you can get now every eight-year-old can pull out their phone and in five seconds track down more illicit sex than any human being in all of recorded history could have found in a lifetime of trying to. That, that should cause, I think that the whole, like our churches should take a deep breath and go, that's huge and that's new. So recognizing the unique point in history that we have, like the unique technology, all those access things, and just continuing to talk about that as a reality, I think will help start those conversations and it involves like a church really talking about it because I think if you start talking about it and if you start like letting those conversations, small group like you know after church going, all right what is it what is what is, what, is, what does Instagram part does it play in your life okay let's talk about that mm-hmm. I think we can reach a point where it's hard you know it's it's hard it's it's hard to say how good things can get, but if you know that you can send your kids, I'm thinking more kind of in the parents' parents mindset here. If you know that you can send your kids to pretty much any of the church, uh, families in your church over for a play date, because you know that that family has thought through all the devices in their home and they've got covenant eyes installed where appropriate or they've nixed anything that's dangerous. And you know that you've sat in the small group or another small group with that family and they've dialogued about how they're talking to their children about God's good design from sexuality to their eight-year-old and their nine-year-old. And you know that your pastor has been kind of encouraging families to dialogue about those things because it's more than, it's just not a pornography thing. It's yeah. okay. We have, we have the LGBTQ plus conversations going on here. Let's, what, what do we make of those? What is the difference between temptation and struggle? And you have like God's good design as being something that's given to young children, really young. And if that just becomes the ethos in which you sit, and that just becomes bread and butter for your church, you're always going to have sexual sin, but man, just a place where the conversations normal maybe that's yeah. maybe that's what i'm trying to say with all this this rambling for the last 3 minutes a place yeah, where the, where these conversations are just what you have just yeah. as you know and that's a tall order but it it is an order it's something that can be done and i think that puts people in the best place to really to really thrive
1: yeah i i agree i think it's an interesting time because i mean what you're mentioning as the church um some of the areas where we, we probably can learn from is that uh, for so many years and decades, we were very reactionary when it comes to mm. things. Mm-hmm. Um, now we're in a situation where we have to be proactive. We have to get ahead of things and we have to talk about it. We have to be the first voice to the table, the first person at the table in this regard to kids coming up, um, Gen Z, all these people that are, that are being raised on the internet. Um, mm. We have to be proactive because I mean it's, it's one of those things where if we're not um, I mean, Matt and I have talked about this too. You know, one of our sex educators growing up was porn. That was what yeah. we had. And so mm-hmm. if that's what the world we're in right now, we, uh, we have to be that first voice. So this is, if anything, I feel that's, I mean, what you're talking about is how God can really work in this or is working in this, that we're starting to have these conversations more and more and it's normalized. We're able mm-hmm. to have a space to talk about these things. People can talk about these things, share what's going on. And we can be a light on a hill to the world because I think Amen. Someone- this, uh, such
0: darkness, but we can bring that light. So, yeah. You know. And so, something that like something I've been trying to understand more. Um, I've been trying to understand the history of these conversations more. So, this is probably I don't know anything about your family history. I'm gonna guess though that you're that if you have parents who are believers, they still probably never told you about sexuality. They probably never told you. they might not have even told you the birds and the bees, right? Like, and. I don't say that to disparage your parents in any way because that's normal for my generation-ish and certainly the generation above me. Parents just never told them. And and I want to understand why, and I think it has something to do with, might have something to do with post-World War II and the Cold War and all of the heaviness that was in the world for a long part of the end of the 20th century and how just another heavy conversation just wasn't wanted. I don't know. In any case, it's worth knowing, like, if you never got told about sexuality as, as, as a child growing up, it's worth taking a deep breath and saying, it's going to be hard to re figure out how to talk to your kids about it. It's going to be messy. Um, So start getting some resources and I can talk a little bit more. That's actually something where we're going with our ministry, but like, man, it's worth doing. If you've got a, if you got a little four-year-old, they're going to learn about sexuality somewhere. Let it be you. And let you be the person that starts telling them about this beautiful, incredible gift God gave us. Like sexuality fits into marriage, picture of Christ in the church. I mean, like, it's dope. It is such an incredible thing, theological concept, creation of new life. Let, like, you as the parent, let us as the church be the ones to own that. Because, like, it's so incredible. I mean, that's, like, half of the thrust of Genesis 2. And so, yeah, yeah. Let's 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 continue that cuz you're right you're 100% right is just ever since for sure since the 60s probably since earlier has dominated the discussion on sexuality culturally and Christians and we're seeing the, ca- the the chaos of that I mean like this is yeah I'm this is my bread and butter I love cultural analysis on this stuff we're seeing the havoc of the sexual revolution and Christianity's had the Christians have this really cool apologetic stance where we can say we have like the opportunity to have beautiful marriages because we sit into a design from a God who is a designer who loves us and and knows what's best for us
2: yeah he does and it is incredible there's so much blessing to this and there's so many intricate details to how God designed sex why Mm. God designed sex is incredible it's a beautiful gift from God and and we had we had a guy on our podcast he's like I pray for orgasms all the time for couples it's like why not let's pray for a great Great sex life in marriage, uh, because that's what God wants for us. And it sounds funny when you've never heard it before, but why wouldn't yeah. we pray for those things? I mean, the uh, good saw- the, the good lord inspired an entire book about the subject. Like mm-hmm. Song of Songs, read it. You know there what I mean? Go. And so your point's really good. That's that's actually quite interesting. There you go. There you go. Yeah, they they weren't scared of expressing their sexual desires, but they knew how to mm. knew how to steward them well, right? Yeah, so that's right. Mm, hey, mm-hmm. how can people get a hold of you and and specifically uh into the Light documentary and and use that as a resource for them. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, intothelightdocumentary.com.
0: That's the that's where you can find it. Uh, one thing I didn't say is one of one of the other commitments that we made is to offer it for free. So, we in the summer of 2022, yeah, summer of 2022, we crowdfunded the documentary and we raised eighty five thousand dollars so that we could. Create the whole thing and just offer it as a free resource for anyone. And so that's the way our ministry operates, kind of classic nonprofit style. Um, and so, yeah, IntoTheLightDocumentary.com, that's where you can find it. And right now, um, into the light Documentary, like at IntoTheLight Documentary on pretty much all the socials everywhere.
2: And then it's good for individuals, good for families, good for churches, good for mm-hmm. groups, all of the above, eh? Yep, you got it.
0: Um, I would say, you know, it's a question how young um, c- should someone watch it? And I would say probably a, a twelve year old, especially if you're willing as a parent to like watch it with them, digest it with, with them, and you know they've they've had the talk already. Or I hate I hate the talk. The talk is a terrible way of, of talking to children about sexuality. <laughs> yeah, you can go yeah. into that if you've, if, <laughs> you you've know what yeah. if you've discussed sexuality with your kids, yep. and they're willing and they're willing to kind of sit and listen to this. Twelve years old, I think, is at a reasonable age to watch this. We did our very best to make that happen to make it watchable for someone young. And if you're willing to have some conversations, I mean, you can watch this with your family. Absolutely. Thanks for that clarification. clarification, uh, We're so appreciative of this that you've done and uh, that you've
1: uh, put out for us to just as a church and in in the world as well to um, just start to have some conversation around this but not only that like breakthrough freedom and and just to see god work in this so thank mm-hmm. you so much jake for being on the podcast today we so appreciate you and um, we will put that in the show notes anybody out there wants to get the documentary we'll make it available to you put it in our show notes so so please check it out use it use it in a small group uh, personally and your family however you can um and and just pass this on because uh, it's a great resource
0: Man, I appreciate that. And thank you guys too for like facilitating this kind of conversation and asking good questions. I, I just really, yeah, I've really enjoyed this conversation. So, you know, props to you guys. No problem, Jake. We appreciate you. <laughs> and for everybody out there listening, we
1: appreciate you too. Thanks for taking part in this podcast with us. Um, spread the word, get the word out there, pass it on to a friend. Um, that's really why we do what we do is we want to get the word out there to help as many people as we can. So um, thanks to all you out there listening. Thanks, Jake. And um, we'll check in with you guys next week.